Hello and welcome to the Equation of Sales podcast with me, Tim Gibbons. This podcast is a mixture of chat, ideas and training that can help you to improve your sales performance, close more deals and earn more money for you and your company. The Equation of Sales is my formula for successful selling, no matter what you're selling. You have to build trust with your customer, understand what they need and then demonstrate that you can satisfy that need in a way that creates value for both of you. This month, we're looking at the topic of why are you unique, which is part of value, and I'll be chatting with my guest, Helen Kerr of Tulip Consulting. Your uniqueness is a critical part of value. You will almost certainly have some competition for your products and services. Your competition will be able to do many of the things that you can, and in those areas, it's difficult for your client to distinguish you. So the things that make the difference are the things that make you unique, and they are why your customer will work with you and not your competition. We'll talk more about this later in the show. This show is being released in August 2023, when it's summertime in the UK. The sun is out and there seems to be a music festival every weekend. I was at a small festival recently that had some comedy acts performing on the first evening. The festival billed itself as a premium, boutique-style festival, with fine foods, wines and champagne, plus plenty of posh, clean toilets. However, none of the comedians bothered to find this out. They used their usual routine, probably more suited to an inner-city pub. One of them didn't even know which town he was performing in. As a result, most of them bombed and raised very few laughs. You might wonder why I'm relating this in a sales podcast. Well, to me, this is all about sales. Finding out about your audience and using the right material for them seems to be a basic requirement for any performer if they want to be appreciated. Finding out about your customer so that you present the right products and services to them is critical for any salesperson. It really doesn't take much to find out the information that you need to be successful. So whether you're a stand-up or a salesperson, please make that effort. What makes your product or service unique? We tend to think of this in terms of functionality, what our product can do that no other product can. However, this is likely to be quite a small range of features. We also need to consider factors beyond just the feature functions. You might consider the support that you provide, extended warranties, future development and product upgrades. You are also unique. Your relationship with your customer may be the factor that determines whether they buy from you or not. If you have a great relationship, then make sure that this is considered when you are working with your customer. Whatever factors you consider, ensure that you know why it matters to the customer. What value does this uniqueness have for the customer? This is ultimately the reason that your customer will choose your product. If your uniqueness is not valuable to them, then they will have no reason to buy.
So, my guest this month is Helen Kerr of Tula Consulting. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me along. It's uh, good to see you. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Helen, please can you introduce yourself. I know you work with a lot of different companies. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you work. Uh, yeah, I've sort of evolved into um, a situation where I um, work on a consultancy basis for, for two or three different uh, companies in the oil and gas service sector. Um, so principally, I work for CNC Reservoirs and APT, who are a geochemical consultancy. And also I do a bit of work for CASP and one or two other small companies um, around that. So uh, I juggle uh, quite a few different things. OK, so tell us about your journey up to this point. Um have you always worked in sales or is that something that's evolved or how how did you get to be working in sales? Uh, it came about through um, really having studied geology at university. And one of the reasons I did that was because I really wanted to go out and see rocks in interesting places. Um, and I, I got a job off the back of my undergraduate degree. I think it was 10 days between finishing my finals and starting at Robertson Research for a, a summer job. And, um, and I was there for 14 years in the end. And, and so at Robertson's throughout the 90s, I joined in the summer of 89, I, I developed my career as a technical uh, geologist. And after 10 years, I'd reached a sort of project management situation. And in the, at the same time, the world was becoming more interconnected and the internet had arrived and there were less interesting trips to go on. We were no longer being sent to far-flung corners of the world to collect rocks or, or uh, um, while our logs printed on bits of eyes or toilet paper. Uh, and everything was arriving on floppy disks and all sorts of fancy bits of, uh, of um, hardware. So I thought, I want to keep travelling. What can I do about that? And it became apparent that to carry on travelling, I would need to get into the business development side of, of Robertson's. Um, and that's what I did. And I've been very involved with a, a major global initiative called um TELUS or it wasn't called TELUS at the time but when I took it on we named it TELUS and branded it and took it out to the marketplace and so I launched that with Robertson and that was really where I, I learned um how to do business development and it was a great it was a great place to, to learn the ropes really with a lot of support behind me and and a great product and then I guess after that I had a baby I carried on in sales but on a more kind of UK based sort of suite of products for Robertson um, and then we took a bit of a career break came up to Scotland thought we'd retrain and do something entirely different and I then saw an advert in the PSGB for uh, somebody for BD for GTEC um, and it almost had Helen Kerr please apply so so I did and I, I got the job I didn't mean to but, it, but that's the way it happened uh, and it was quite, you know, an interesting experience because they were quite a different business. They were a university spin out. They um, principally were uh, gravity magnetic data, which I didn't know a great deal about, but I certainly learned a lot about it. And they were just getting into um, some global play fairways and source rock predictive products as well, which I did know a little bit more about. And I was able to use the expertise I built up from Robertson's to, to help me do that job. And then... I had a second child um, and while I was on maternity leave, I was approached by somebody I had used to work with at Robertson, who by that time were at CNC Reservoirs, and they asked me if I did a bit of part-time work for them on a consultancy basis. And that's kind of what happened. And then working for myself, once I got over the shock of that happening, I realised it was perfectly possible to survive, you know, alone in the world. 
um, I got talking to a few other people I knew and I took APT on as well. And since 2010, I've been working um, on and off, but, but largely on for, for both of those companies. And they um, are quite symbiotic. You know, they, they, their two businesses don't overlap at all. Um, and it means that I am able to um, uh, have a wider range of contacts that can come in very useful um, for, for each business. Um, and so I see them really as working uh, in partnership. And, and both companies are, are really quite relaxed about, about the situation as well. So it's worked well all around, really. Uh, and it gives me the flexibility to to work from home um which I've, I've done since we moved up to scotland and that allows me to do other things like keep chickens and raise children and you know, <laughs> take the dog for a walk yes. so, so that's how how i got to where i am yeah very similar to my backstory i think i uh i became a geophysicist because i wanted to work in the field and then discovered that geophysicists worked in an office that's right um, this is <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, a number of years later, someone came along and said, oh, if you work in sales, you can travel the world. And uh, they were right. Yes, and, that's exactly uh, it, isn't it? It's crazy. You know, you, you think it's that science is going to get you out there. But actually, in, in this day and age, it's it's not at all. Yeah. Yeah. OK, brilliant. Um, so I'm sure you've learned lots of things over your sales career. Can you remember the first significant thing that you learned in sales? I think probably persistence, actually. Um you know, it's it's one thing being technical um, and presenting, um, you know, data and, and uh, interpretations to customers who've already bought something. But when you're actually trying to sell it to people who haven't bought it already and they say no initially, you've then got to think about how you can um, present it differently or make it more appealing or find uh, a need that they might have uh, for whatever it is that you're trying to promote to them. So... I think initially I found it quite hard when people said no, you know, and I had to sort of take a step back and and, and reconsider. And, and eventually it, it became apparent that, you know, persistence does pay off. And, and that was something that I had to learn early on. Yeah, I think that's right, because people's needs change over time. Um, and just because they say no today doesn't mean to say they'll say no in the future. Absolutely. Um, and it's not personal either. I think that's the other thing. I think initially it was quite hard not to take every rejection as a rejection on a personal level. Um, and it really isn't that. So I think that's an, another important thing that you yeah. have to bear in mind. Yeah. You know, what do you think is the most important thing that you've learned in sales? I think, um, and I know we've talked about this before, but I think listening, actually. I think understanding what people um, need and what challenges they face allows you to understand how you can help them and, and what you might have in your portfolio of products or data or, or services that that can you know meet those challenges and, and fulfill their requirements and you won't learn that if you don't listen quite carefully um, so I think I think listening and silence as well sometimes it's it's a good idea just to stay quiet and let people talk um, yeah yeah and give them the opportunity to, to say what they need yeah i know i know you've seen me uh comment on the fact that listen and silence have the same letters in them yes which yeah. is uh is, is quite amazing when you think about it absolutely absolutely yeah. okay so you, you've obviously said that you've enjoyed traveling and that's a good thing about sales is do you think that's the best thing about working in sales for you or is that are there other things that, that you really enjoy? I think developing relationships has been 
the most rewarding thing actually I mean travel has been fantastic and I've seen some amazing places in my career and I'll always be grateful for that but but I really enjoy building um meaningful uh, long-lasting uh professional relationships with people as well I find people interesting um in the same way I find rocks interesting you know they're all different uh, they've all been formed through different processes uh, and had different experiences and and every day's you know there's something you need to learn about about the people that you work with um and uh, perhaps it's needy of me but i i like being liked and and I, I like having a wide a wide network of people that i've known for a long time and many of whom i would now regard as actual friends you know mm-hmm. it's, it's been a very um i say very rewarding experience and a, and a great career in that in that regard yeah yeah now i i like that i can walk into almost any any exhibition or conference or whatever and i know a bunch of people there yeah. um and it, it is it is nice okay so for someone starting out in sales now what would your advice be that's an interesting question i would say choose choose what you sell wisely um i think it's far easier to uh, promote a business and sell a service or a product if you actually believe in it you know you need to understand it from front to back inside out um, but you also need to actually value the thing yourself and, and have um, confidence that it is, a, you know, a high quality um, solution. Mm-hmm. And, and then it almost sells itself. You know, it's then just a case of putting it in front of the right people at the right time um, for the right price. <laughs> but but yeah. the, it's that kind of um, associating yourself and your career with with products that you hold in high regard i think mm-hmm. is the most important thing i would say yeah yeah i always think the, the person who's created the product is one of the best salespeople for it because they love it and yeah. they're so excited about it and they want to tell everybody they don't always do it in the right way but they yeah. their enthusiasm for it is so powerful um that it, it really does help absolutely a bit of passion goes a long way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm okay so the topic of this podcast is why are you unique um so obviously you personally are unique in terms of the knowledge and skills that you have that you use for your customers those are the people you work directly for but what are the sort of more unusual things that you've been able to identify that make them unique that has persuaded companies to buy their products yeah again that's an interesting question i think it it comes back to what we were just saying about having um belief in in the products that you sell in both cnc reservoirs case that they have the dax platform and in the case of apt both these are companies that are um quite unique in themselves you know there isn't really a direct competitor to dax uh, it does something quite uh, specific and uh, has the objective of providing exploration and and reservoir en- engineering analogs for um all sorts of scenarios so whether you're developing a carbonate reef or a or a turbidite lobe you know there'll be a there'll be a global analog or a group of global analogs that you can access in dax and, and understand what the um the calibration um might be uh, for a prospect that you're looking at you know what kind of porosity ranges might you expect in those sorts of settings what kind of drive mechanisms what kind of um, production facilities have been used so I don't think there's another company out there that has a product like that. So that in itself is unique. And I think the the, um, the customers of CNC Reservoirs who subscribe to DAX uh, fully appreciate that. And I think it has quite a special place in, in a lot of people's, you know, uh, desktop working portfolios. 
And with APT, it's it's a similar story, but in a very different context in that APT have a remarkable laboratory in, in Norway. They have um, uh, so highly and finely calibrated equipment that you can um, be absolutely confident that if you have an oil analysed, you know, 10 years ago and you analyse the same oil today, the, the analytical results will be absolutely comparable and I think that's very very high quality of um, laboratory uh, uh, technique and, and, uh, and results is is unmatched in the industry and allied with that they've got a very um, strong long-standing group of, of expertise both on the laboratory uh, skills uh, analytical side but also in the reservoir modeling uh, and and uh, source rock modelling, so they do a lot of petroleum systems uh, work, and they've got some really fantastic people um, who are doing that. Who I have immense faith in and, and absolute confidence that when I bring their names into conversations, that if we win the work that we're talking about, they'll deliver um, an interpretation that is valuable and, and appreciated by the by the end user. So mm-hmm. again, it comes back to this having. Um, high regard for the things that you sell and it allows you to be passionate and knowledgeable and confident about it and that allows you to to be more successful i think in in uh, in terms of of selling um into 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 companies i think you're very right helen i think sometimes we forget about the people that make a company unique um we sell a product quite often and we think about what makes that product unique but actually the people that have gone into making it are also unique um, because nobody else can have had a product that's been made by them. Um, and, and we sometimes forget that it's everything about the product that makes it unique, that makes the customer buy it. Absolutely. That that expertise is is really important, expertise and experience. And I think that's, you know, that can't be duplicated very easily. So, yeah, that's key, I think. Yeah, brilliant. All right, Helen, it's been great chatting to you. Thanks very much for your time. Helen Kerr, thank you very much. Not at all. Thanks for having me, Tim. See you soon. There are a variety of ways of defining uniqueness. For example, if only one single example of a thing exists... For example, the Rosetta Stone and the Mona Lisa are unique, one-of-a-kind objects. Something is unique if it's limited by situation or geography. For example, kangaroos are unique to Australia. A situation may have a unique outcome. For example, an equation may only have one solution, which makes that solution unique. Uniqueness may just be unusual or having no equal. For example, someone may have a unique smile or a unique skill that is unmatched. You can read more about all of this in my book, The Equation of Sales. Before we finish, here's a sales tip for you to think about. If you search for a toilet brush on Amazon, there's over a thousand results. That's an awful lot to choose from. 
Too much choice can be a bad thing. Deciding between two things can be difficult. Between a thousand is much harder. There's a temptation to do nothing or just buy the first one on the list. Most sales opportunities are actually lost to no decision rather than a competitor. The customer chooses not to do anything different. To make a sale, you need to persuade your customer to change from what they're currently doing before you can persuade them to buy your product. And finally, I read a joke recently. A salesperson approached a potential client and asked, Would you like to buy a pocket calculator? No thanks, the man replied. I know how many pockets I have. I hope that made you at least smile. But more importantly, think about the questions that you ask a prospective customer and don't ask questions like that one. So that's it for this month's podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed it and found it useful. My thanks to my guest, Helen Kerr, for her contribution. I was particularly interested in her thoughts around listening and being silent at times when meeting with a customer. As I commented at the time, listen and silence have the same letters, just in a different order. And it's really important that you are silent to allow your customer to think and speak. If you would like to learn more, There are lots of resources on my website, hulock-consulting.com. There are sales tips, blogs, and recorded webinars that you could watch whenever you want. I've also just changed the location of my online training. If you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, then please ignore the links in there. The online training can now be found at hulock-consulting.academy.co.uk. That's Academy. C-A-D-E-M-Y dot co dot U-K. On there, you will find lots of different courses, including how to find a great sales opportunity, sales negotiations, and cold calling. If you sign up for any course, you will have access to it forever, so you can return to it at any stage in the future. If you're interested, I'm happy to have a free one-hour chat with anyone who works in sales to give them ideas that they can immediately apply to their work. As I say, there's no charge for this discussion. You can book this via my website, hulock-consulting.com slash booking. Please book the free introductory chat. That's all for this episode of Solving the Equation of Sales. I hope that you enjoyed it. Please subscribe for future episodes. And if you did find it useful, please tell all your friends and colleagues so that they can benefit from it as well. Thanks for listening and happy selling.